Welcome to the Upper Room Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to urfellowship.com. So while everybody's making their way back in, I will uh, get, kick it off with the most important things here. I got a couple very important things I have to say. Um, what is a whale's favorite game? Swallow the leader. Uh, so that's, thank you, Hannah. She gave me that one this morning. Um, so a duck walks into a store and he says, you have any grapes? And the shopkeeper says, no. The next day, the duck walks into the store, says, you have any grapes? Shopkeeper says, no, stop coming in here. Next day, the duck walks into the store, says, you have any grapes? Shopkeeper says, no. And you come in here one more time, I'm going to nail you to the floor. Next day, the duck walks into the store, says, you have any nails? <laughs> no. Have any grapes? <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of that. Thank you, David, for that one. Uh, so we've been in Proverbs, and, and Chris has been leading us down a, a really great journey this summer of uh, learning to be wise and learning to think about things. I'm one of those weird people that uh, like going to a graveyard. Um, And I think people that like going to graveyards, uh, maybe for different reasons, but people like me that like going to graveyards, it's not really the same kind of like, like you like pizza or like you like, you know, going to an amusement park or something. There's something about going to a graveyard that makes you pause for a minute, if you know what I mean by that. It makes you kind of think about life and how long it is and stuff like that. And I like having those thoughts. I like, I like thinking about stuff like that. Um, and a while ago, I started uh, thinking about legacy. And legacies, uh, in some, some ways, legacy means like the, the things you're going to leave your children. You know, even money and stuff, that's, that's part of your legacy. But legacy has a little bit different meaning also, and that is kind of what you leave behind, what, what the sum total of your life leaves behind. That's, that's your legacy. And that's, that's what I hope that we can talk about and think about this morning. Um, let's, let's open up with prayer. Uh, Father, we just come before you and... Thank you for this worship. Thank you for being awesome and being our savior. And our anchor does hold, God, regardless of the storms in life and regardless of whether we succeed or whether we fail, you always succeed and your love is strong and you bring us home and you continually woo us and you continually call us, call us into a deeper, and more profound relationship with you. Teach us today, God, I pray that you would set the captives free today. I pray that you would bring us deeper in understanding with you. Help us to take a step of faith this morning, God, in Jesus' name. So scripture today is Proverbs 16.9. God's path of wisdom, Proverbs 16.9. The the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Dead reckoning is a 
navigation uh, idea. It's, it's where you gather all the information you can to figure out where you are and where you're headed. And when you're navigating, dead reckoning is extremely important. Now with GPS, that sounds maybe like an old idea, but believe it or not, dead reckoning is still very important today when people are navigating. Um, you need to know where you are and you need to know where you're headed. And with those two pieces of information, you know, you can, you can navigate. Does that make sense? If I know where I'm at and if I know where I'm headed, it's not hard for me to imagine being over there somewhere because I know where I'm at and I know where I'm headed, if that makes sense in navigation. It's dead reckoning. Um, I think the same thing's true in life. Uh, a man, the mind of man plans his way. We can, and maybe we ought to, figure out uh, where we are and where we're headed. I think in finding out where we are, uh, we also need to find out who we are. Uh, when we talk about this in a spiritual light, when we talk about this in, in the light of eternity. And I think that's tricky. I think uh, finding out who we are is, is a little bit harder because um, our hearts are deceitful above all things. It's hard to know the heart of man and we're, we're tricky. I mean, we come in here on a Sunday morning and we all pat each other on the head and we say, yellow duck, yellow duck, yellow duck, yellow duck. And we believe, hey, I'm a yellow duck. But the question is really bigger than that. You know, I, I think we're all Christians and we come in here and we call ourselves Christians, but is there someone out there calling me a Christian? Finding out who we are is tricky and I'm, I'm not gonna concentrate very much on that this morning because I think it's, um, it's some soul searching that we can do. Find out what kind of a person we are, we, we look at our behaviors. But finding out where we're heading is perhaps easier. And, and it's easier because we have uh, our history to kind of look. We have our rear view mirror. Uh, for instance, if you went to work last year, and if you went to work last month, and if you went to work last week, then it's safe for us to guess that tomorrow, what? You're gonna go to work. And it's probably safe for us to guess that in this next month, you're gonna go to work, right? It's because you, you've got a trajectory, we've got a, we've got a vector, you know, we, we, we have a direction, a bearing that we can look at and say, okay, this is kind of the way I've been living. If I just draw that line out into the future, I can kind of predict where I'm headed. I can kind of plan my path. I can kind of look and see what my, my path is. So the question today is what kind of a legacy are we building? Jesus talked a lot about bearing fruit and uh, in the church in, 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 the, in the last, I don't know, it seems like in the last, in my lifetime, something about bearing fruit in the church has changed a little bit. It seems like when I was really young in the Lord, 
when people talked about barren fruit, they talked about winning souls. Um, and I don't remember hearing like soul winning and fruit being talked about in the same sentence in like Christian surroundings in a long time. I think a lot of times when we talk about fruit in the church, we're talking about kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. And while I don't think that's wrong, I think the fruit of the Spirit is real, um, I, I don't think we can just say, well, that's what fruit is. And when, when Jesus commands us that we would bear fruit, um, I, I think that has to include our neighbors. You know, love our God with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. And then what else? Love our neighbors as ourselves. I don't think we can say, well, I'm a kinder person now, and yet our, our neighbors are still as lost as they've ever been, and we just pat ourselves on the back and say, yellow duck, yellow duck, yellow duck, and we're all happy in here. I, I don't think that is going to satisfy the heart of our God. In the Old Testament, um, I think you could read the whole Old Testament and if you were gonna put like a label on our Father's heart in the Old Testament, it might be something like Father's Soul Shop. You know, and the tagline is, I repair souls. And then when Jesus came, I think you could say, uh, the, the name of the, the shop changed a little bit, and it's Father and Son, Soul Shop. You know, we repair souls. And then Jesus died for our sins, and he was buried, and he was resurrected, and he sent the Holy Spirit, and he commissioned his church. And I think the name now on, on the storefront is Father and Son's Soul Shop. We repair souls. And it's... It's a family business that we've, we've been invited to be ambassadors with him, too. And why, am I, why do I start talking about this when I talk about legacy? Because I, I want us to look at our lives, really. And I want us to think about where we're going. You know, we get a few years here on this earth, and, and we're, we're going to get to live. And then we're not, we're not going to stop living, we have to put these bodies down, this little bit of matter that pertains to us, as Pascal says, this little bit of stuff that we have that pertains to me, this, this is going to get laid down. But we, we keep going. But at the same time we lay this down, there is something that ends for us. And that is our legacy. That's it. That, that was the opportunity. And as long as we have breath... We have this incredible opportunity. As long as we live, we have this unbelievable opportunity to participate in the Father and Son's soul shop. We repair souls. We're invited. We're commanded. We are told. We, we are to bear fruit. We are to go and be fruitful. If we think about the, the teachings of Jesus, they're a little bit scary in this regard. But Jesus wants fruit. 
He wants fruit on our lives. He's not just asking casually. He's the boss and he's saying, if you're going to work here at the father and son's soul shop, uh, there's one thing we got to do. We got to get some fruit. And uh, so when we look out in the future of our lives, when we look down this road and we say, okay, um, did I win a soul? And when I say win a soul, I understand that people don't win souls. The Lord wins souls. But guess what? He uses us. Yeah. So did I, did I, was I part of a soul winning in the last five years? No. Was I part of a soul winning in the last year? No. How about last month? No. How about last week? No. If I project that into my future... I don't like that. I am not satisfied with that legacy. And I'm, I'm telling you, not from the moral high ground, this is not that kind of a sermon. I'm telling you from a man crying out because I know something's not right. It's something's not right in my life and I think it's something's not right in maybe some more of our lives. When we, when we honestly stop and look at our legacy when, we're, when our time is done, have we done it really well? Have we really, have we really run this race like an athlete? Or did we forget to, to be serious about it? Like Paul says, you know, a guy, if you're involved in the military, Paul says, you don't get involved in civilian affairs. And I think, if I'm honest, um, I've been involved in civilian affairs. And I think I can come here on a Sunday and I can be sincere, but I think I can be casual. I think I can be surface. And I think my legacy convicts me that there's something missing in my life and it's called fruit. And when I honestly look at myself and when I take a look at the rear view mirror and I say, okay, where's my fruit? I'm, I'm disappointed. Now I know there's other fruit in our lives. I know that we give and I know that we, we care and I know that we serve. I, I don't think that I know anybody in this room that isn't sincere and doesn't have their heart fully engaged in wanting to love God back and wanting to serve. But I think there might be a difference in sincerity and depth. I think there might be a difference in, in what, we, what we want to really say with our lives and what we actually say with our lives. I know my life, I wanted to say, I love you back. I love you back. Because I, I know that with his life, with everything in him, I know he loves me and I, I, I receive that love. I, I live in that love. I think you probably do too. But I want my life to say, I love you too. I love you back. I want to live such a life that reflects that love. And one thing that uh, Jesus teaches us is that when we love the least of these, when we do it for the least of these, we, we, we do it for him. There's a guy, and I forget his name, so I'm going to call him Jim, but... Um, he told me this story where he, he worked in kind of a rough place. And every day he would uh, 
take his Bible, and big Bible, you know, leather, black, big Bible, and every day at lunch he would read it, kind of out in front of everybody. And uh, his coworkers just razzed him, you know, and just gave him so much trouble. And it was one of those kind of workplaces that was, you know, just a bunch of rough guys, and they just razzed him and razzed him and razzed him for years, and he did this. And he didn't have to do that. You know, I don't, he didn't say this, but I don't think he was doing that for himself. He could read his Bible at home, or he could take a, a daily bread and probably wouldn't have gotten any trouble for reading that at lunch. Um, he was doing that for another reason. And then when, when Pete, one of Jim's coworkers, when, when, her, when his wife was unfaithful to him, uh, guess where Pete went? When his life went from the high road to the low road overnight, where did Pete go? He went to Jim. Jim, you know. And I, I think there's a way we can live our life where, where we, what we do every day, every day really does matter. I know a secret, and I'm going to tell it to you. I don't know how much of a secret it is, but it's kind of a secret. But there are two kinds of Christians in the world. Uh, There are world changers, productive Christians, and there are those who don't. And I think that maybe you could do that. Uh, Maybe there's a gray area in between. I don't know. But in general, that's true. There are kind of people that are, they, they, they seem to change the world. And then there's it's called the rest of us that are kind of watching them going, yeah, gee, I wish I could, you know, be more like him, or I wish I could be more like her. I, you know, I wish I had that kind of charisma or something to be able to do that. And there, there might be other things, but one thing, one of the differences between those two groups of people is an eternal perspective. You know, people that change the world, uh, the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's hard to mess around with lesser things when you've got your eyes in heaven. It's hard to be sidetracked with houses and situations and difficulties and sicknesses when you've got your eyes on the prize and people who can figure out a way to live and I don't mean just capture it once in a while on a Sunday but live with an eternal mindset seem to be those people that change the world I want to be one of those people I I've rubbed shoulders with those people maybe even I've experienced that in my life where I've I've lived that way before with an eternal perspective. It's awesome. But this, this house that I live in, these, this car that I drive, the situations that I'm involved in, it all becomes a lot more irrelevant when I start thinking about eternity. When I get my eyes off the temporal and onto forever, onto a legacy that I'm going to leave behind and that's going to follow me in a thousand years, in a million years. I want to live a life that matters. 
I think God has a purpose for the Upper Room Fellowship, and it's an eternal purpose. It's a purpose for all of us that are here, and it's not just so that we can spin our wheels and be part of the Shriners, you know, and let's break out the bingo cards and, and, and you know, feel good about ourselves. There's a purpose that his kingdom come and his will be done, and we're invited, father and sons, which include, of course, daughters. It's all of us, father and sons, soul shop. And you might say to me, Scott, I hear you, brother, but I just don't have that kind of burden for souls. Um, I, I think that's a symptom. I think if we don't have a burden for souls, we're broken. And this is a great place to be broken, but let's just be honest. Our Father died for souls. If we don't share that burden for souls, there's something asleep or dead or something in our heart. We need a revival, and revival always starts first in here before it starts out there. If you, if you say, I just, I just don't have a burden for souls, I, I, it's not souls, I just don't like people. Hey, <laughs> I understand. You're in a great place because when the Lord uses you and reaches through you and, and, and his love flows through you so that you can hardly bear it, you're gonna know it's him. You're gonna know it because his purpose is to do that. His purpose is to, is to flow through us that we can be part of a great team of winning souls. His, the apple of his eye is you and I. The apple of his eye is, is the people out there that aren't in here yet. You know, he, if, you're, if you're a parent and your child goes off in a prodigal way and they're, they're in trouble and they're, they're on drugs or you know, all the sorts of horrible things that your children can get into, and if that's you, your heart is breaking for that child, right? You, 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 you are night and day, you are thinking of that child. That's our Father's heart for us. Remember, that's who we were. That's who they are. His heart, that's his heart for us. That's his heart for all souls, that we could know him, that, that they would come too. Remember, remember, he said, it's not his will that any, any would perish, but all would come to repentance. So God's value system is, is for souls. And you might say, hey, Scott, I hear you, but I got mental problems, or I got these physical problems, or I got these relationship issues, or I got these sin issues, or I got all of this stuff. And you say, Scott, it's just little old me. You know, I'm, I'm not, not who you think I am on Sunday morning. And I want to say, you got the math all wrong because it's not just little old you yeah it's little old you and you're that part of it and then there's of course him who speaks worlds into existence him who speaks life he who pays for your sin with blood of course he's on your side and he sends a spirit to be with you and to be in you and now that's the right math yes this is something you can do and it doesn't matter where we are. It's like Moses. You know, God heard his people crying, and he had compassion on his people. And he said, Moses, I want you to go. 
I want you to be my mouthpiece. And Moses said, I think you got the wrong guy. You know, I got this speech issue and mouthpiece. It's sort of in the job title. You know, you got the wrong guy here, God. And if I can paraphrase, God said, you got the math all wrong. I am going to go with you. I am going to do this for you. The mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. We don't walk alone, but we do have a destiny. There is a path that we can walk down. There is a, a view we can get of a future that has a legacy, a rich legacy for us. There isn't any too young. There isn't any too old. There isn't any too sick, or there isn't any too, you put in whatever you want in that slot. Your destiny, because he loves you, is that you have a legacy. It's like this, ding dong, who's there? It's destiny. And she brought her daughter, she brought her son. Oh, what's his name? Legacy. When we embrace our destiny, our legacy takes care of itself. When we get our eyes on the prize, when we, when we live a life with eternal perspective and we let the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, when we live a life that puts kingdom things first, your kingdom come, your will be done, then these things, guess what? We can see these happening at our right and our left. You know, missionaries, a lot of times, get this figured out. Missionaries get it figured out to live with an eternal perspective. They, they just do. And, you know, missionaries are just normal people. I just want to tell you that. Missionaries are just, just like you and me. And I want to tell you the difference between a missionary and a lot of us, and it's this right here. It's taking the step. It's just taking the step of faith. It's saying, I am going to walk by faith. I am going to step out and believe and live for an eternal perspective. Scott, are you calling everybody to be a missionary? Kinda, yeah, if that's okay. I mean, we are missionaries right here, right where we are. This is our lives. This is... This is his desire and his heart for us is that we go and bear much fruit to the glory of God the Father, that we come into heaven with jubilation and we hear our Jesus say to us, well done, good and faithful servant, come on in here, man, way to go. That was awesome. That's that's the life I want to live. That's because I know that's what he wants, because I know that's my destiny, and not just for me, but for the Upper Room Fellowship, for us right here in Columbiana. What would happen to our city? What would happen if every one of us in this room said, you know what, I'm gonna live with an eternal perspective? You remember my story about Jim and Pete? If that would have happened to me a few years ago, I'm going to tell you what I would have told Pete. And I'm not proud of it, but I'm pretty sure this is what I would have said. I would have said, Pete, that, that's pretty rough, man. I know some, some guys, there's a pastor at my church. He is, he is really, he, 
he's a good counselor. I know another guy over at Greenford. Look, I can hook you up. Um, you know, you, you, and, you and your wife, you can probably work it out. That, that doesn't sound too bad, right? But when I think of it now, when I think of it here, thinking about my legacy, it just makes me want to cringe because no, that is not what I want to say. I want to say, Pete, I don't know what's going to happen in your situation, but I do know someone who does know, and you need him right now, and you need him so bad that you can't even imagine it. And before you take one step further, you've got to get this one thing right. You've got to be born again. You need to know Jesus. Because there is a difference in living with an eternal perspective. We don't get confused about things that don't matter so much. Honestly, Pete's marriage is a little bit important. But Pete's soul is unimaginably important. Unimaginably. And if we don't have that idea of Pete's soul, if we were, if we were Jim and we were in that situation, which, would, which guy would we be? The guy that says, oh yeah, let me give you, try to give you some good Christian advice. Or would we be the guy that says, you need, you need Jesus? Would we be a, a Christian, a little Christ for Pete? And I'm convicted by that. I'm convicted when I look in my rearview mirror. Uh, a friend of mine, we're talking about Upper Room Fellowship here recently. And we were saying, you know, if, everybody, if every one of us over the next year won one soul, we brought one soul in, Next year, we'd be twice as big. That's easy math. Did we do that last year? I mean, I know that there are some people out here that are, that are doing this. I know, I know, but I'm not one of them. So I'm not preaching to you guys today from the moral high ground. I'm preaching to you as a brother crying out. I need to be spurred on to love and good deeds. And you folks that are getting this right, look, don't just feel sorry for the rest of us. We have a destiny as the Upper Room Fellowship. You know, your life matters so much in the eyes of Jesus that we, we go and we bear much fruit to the glory of God the Father. Life is short, and we've got this. This is our season, and we're gonna pass it on to the next generation. Our legacy is, what are we gonna leave behind? So I know that maybe a lot of people came in here today with different burdens and everything, and I want you to know that, listen, uh, I like the way... Um, Max Lucado says it. God heals immediately, God heals gradually, or God heals eventually. So don't, don't walk out of these doors with a burden. Don't walk out of here the same way you walked in. There are a lot of people here that are hearing what I'm saying. Maybe you're feeling the conviction. Maybe you're like me, and you don't want to live a surface life. You don't want to live a life of Christianity on Sunday. You want to live a life that matters. You want to leave a legacy that is worthy of the price paid. You know, you can come up to, let's, let's pray together. I'm closing now. And if, if that's you, uh, you know, and if you, if you need that, if you want to come up and pray with me, the prayer, prayer team is going to be up here. Let's pray together. Let's live a life that matters. And, and for everybody else, please go out and do great things.
in Jesus' name and live, a, live an awesome legacy.